ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. What the world needs is wisdom. In this podcast, Eckhart talks about the life-changing wisdom we acquired when we stopped compulsive thinking. He says wisdom is very different from intelligence and that true wisdom arises from a place beyond the kind of intelligence that's generated by the mind. Eckhart explains that even though thinking is a necessary function, we're too dependent on it. He says most of us learn at an early age to memorize, dissect, and label everything. Eckhart explains that this fragmented sense of knowing robs us of a more profound understanding of the world and stops us from honoring what is sacred. He says wisdom cannot be measured by IQ tests and that the world will not be saved by more knowledge. Instead, he reveals that what the world truly needs is wisdom. So you experience the world either through the conditioned mind or through the awareness behind it. And this is why I need to mention another important spiritual practice, especially while you're here, but hopefully also when you leave here after the retreat for the rest of your life, the spiritual practice of perceiving the world around you directly through awareness instead of through the mental faculty of compulsive naming, interpreting, and so on, which is quite normal for many people. The moment they perceive something, they call it something, classify it, name it. But the spiritual practice is to, to perceive something visually, through visual perception, auditory perception, or other perceptions, and be so present that the perception arises in the space of awareness, the light of consciousness. The light, in the light of consciousness, whatever it is that you see or hear or feel or touch or taste or smell, that you are the awareness for the perception. For example, you look at a flower, let go of needing to name it, relate it to something, wanting something from it, remembering something that reminds you of something, this or that. What is it called? I must know. All these things can be helpful and are sometimes necessary, of course, 
to, to be able to manipulate concepts is necessary in this world. But I'm not teaching the manipulation of concepts because you already, everyone is a master of manipulation of concepts already. That's not what I need to teach about here. <laughs> the, the teaching, if we want to even call it that, is not to be trapped in conceptualization. To transcend also means you no longer use it. The ability to use it is actually enhanced when there is a deeper dimension. So you're not trapped in conceptualization. And when you don't want it, you let it go. And there's a deeper connectedness to whatever it is that you are perceiving. For example, the flower or many other beautiful things in nature. It's a kind of desert, but the desert is intensely alive. And so you're looking at something and you hold the perception, let go of the compulsive naming, and then there's a deeper knowing. You can know this flower without calling it anything, but at a deep non-conceptual level. That's awareness. You become the light of consciousness rather than a person. There's a shift. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So you can either look at one thing, like a flower, a tree, a cactus, incredible formations here, or you can take in the totality of where, wherever you are and take it all in and be the aware presence behind the perception. Stillness, again, we can use that word. You become, you're still. Then whatever it is being perceived arises in the light of consciousness. You are the light of the world, as that's a quote from Jesus in the New Testament. You are the light of the world. You, in other words, you are the consciousness in which this world appears. You're not really a person. You're not really a person. You are consciousness, a manifestation of the one consciousness. That's an incredible liberation, the liberation from yourself. <laughs> but you can still operate as a person. You still, all these things still happen. Even as I said before, your opinions, everything, you still have your opinions, etc., etc. You're not entrapped in them anymore. You even have likes and dislikes, but you're not, they don't, uh, you're not all consuming, you're not trapped in them. They don't have a hold on you. You're not the prisoner of your mind anymore. So you, as a practice here, come to your senses. 
perceive through the light of consciousness. Let go of the naming. If a name arises, don't give it any importance as you drop it. And you bring your attention back to the perception. Something lovely you can do here at night time, the temperature goes down a bit, not a lot. <laughs> and you can you sit outside and you can the warm air surrounds your body like velvet. It's, you can feel it like velvet on your skin. Sometimes there's a slight warm breeze. There's a wonderful opportunity for sense perception through tactile sense perception. Feel that that air, be the, the presence for it. Or certain noises that you might hear in the, at the same time at night, in the night. There's an alert presence. You are there as an alert presence, not as a person. The person is still there somewhere in the background, but uh, has receded. The person has receded and something else has arisen. Another of my favorite ways of describing it is to say when you're only a person, the conditioned self, the conditioned entity, you operate exclusively on the human level. You are a human. They're all you, of course you're human. They're all humans, but you're not a human being. The being is the transcendent dimension that needs to awaken when the human has suffered enough, the being begins to awaken through the human. <laughs> That's basically how it is. When the human has suffered enough, something begins to awaken. I use words to describe it. Your destiny is to become a human being and you're already, you are here because the beingness, the transcendent presence, that says, I am, without attaching anything to it, the bare, naked beingness, you can sense that, and that is the fulfillment of your life here, which is brief for everyone, the realization of being. The connectedness with the being dimension that humans most likely had before the arising of thinking was there, but not in a fully conscious way. When something is your natural state and has always been your natural state, then you have nothing to compare it to, but it was probably the natural state of humans and then the thinking began to happen. It was necessary, a necessary stage in the evolution. Our destiny, though, is not to continue to, to be trapped in thinking, but to transcend thinking and then actually be able to use thought as a helpful, wonderful, creative tool. But it doesn't give you your identity anymore. So the observation of phenomena without naming, sense perception, without naming. It's a wonderful practice. You can do it when you're, whether you're in your room or outside. Be an alert presence. So what happens then, 
let's again do it here. You perceive the totality of this room without naming. Now, what is there? You perceive the totality of this room, people in it, lights, but you're also aware, you're not just aware of what's arising in the light of consciousness, what manifests in the light of consciousness. You're aware of yourself as the consciousness that is perceiving. And that you cannot define it. It's very hard to describe it. I'm trying to use words as pointers, silent presence. So there's not only what you perceive, there's also awareness of the awareness that is perceiving, the consciousness that is perceiving. So you have these, the, these two worlds, the manifested world of things and the world of no thing. And I sometimes call that space consciousness is the awareness itself, awareness of awareness. I am. That's another way of saying it. All you know is there is a beingness there. There is a presence there. At first it may seem to, like not important. It's what is there, something. At first it may seem just like an absence of something. But then you begin to realize in this absence <laughs> there is a presence. <laughs> and there's a power that is, there's a silent power that is in you that far transcends who or what you are as a person. And when you sense that silent power that underlies everything, then you suddenly have <laughs> what's in, what is conventionally called self-confidence. <laughs> Now, conventionally, that means you have confidence in your person, that you, the, your, your person is good enough, or knows enough, or is beautiful enough, or is strong enough, whatever it is, you have that self, I am self-confident. No, this is something, this is the, the Buddha would say, that's the no-self-confidence, the, the confidence in the no-self, <laughs> or the confidence in the transcendent self. So when you sense, as habitual thinking subsides for a moment, and what's left is, at first, an absence. And some people become uncomfortable because the first, first they notice it as an absence, and then they immediately say, oh, I don't want that. And then immediately they go back into thinking. But if you stay with that, what seems like an absence, it seems like you have disappeared, it seems like you don't know anything anymore because when you're not naming anything, what do you know? <laughs> when there's no concept in your mind, what do you know on the level of concept? You don't know anything. And so the, the habitual egoic mind is afraid of that. And so many people jump immediately, jump back into the habitual mind. And yet, if you stay with that, what seems like an absence, there's a subtleness to it. It takes a while to, to notice that fully. 
the, for the awareness to fully arise. Whenever I talk, one talks about it, one creates a duality. And, and then you know, begin to notice it's not just what the Buddha described as emptiness, this is one way of looking at it, but which is the, the very secret of life, is that the emptiness that underlies everything. But emptiness really, a better translation would be spaciousness. And Jesus talked about it as, he called it fullness, the fullness of life. I want you to have the fullness of life. Same thing, seems the opposite, but that is life prior to manifestation. You can become still. It's not really becoming still, it's discovering the stillness that's already, always already there. So it's nothing to achieve. It's not an achievement, it's a discovery. And somehow the state transmits itself to some extent and that is why it's helpful to be here, there's a transmission of that consciousness beyond words, especially in between the words. And it arises in many of you. And that is very helpful in this, there's an energy field of arising presence. And we don't even need, don't need to call it meditation because meditation is fine if you have a meditation practice. It's a good thing. But this is the arising of a natural state without necessarily going to say, okay, now let's meditate. Let's do a meditation. But meditation is, can be very helpful as long as you have, do not have in your mind the thought that is something that you're doing. Because the moment you, you, you believe meditation is something that you do, you've created time because all doing requires time. So if you're doing a meditation, you require time. You require a future. You will have a, a state that you want to achieve through time, in future. <laughs> and that's the, that's the obstacle to the realization. So there's nothing to achieve, there's only a discovery of what already is there within you. So the realization of being cannot really come with doing, <laughs> because it's already there. this wonderful the liberation from the person that you thought you were. This is why the word liberation is in spiritual traditions. They use that word liberation. And it's inherently even joyful to know yourself as consciousness is joyful. It does not depend on your life circumstances. If your happiness depends on life circumstances, then 
you're dependent on what's happening around you. You're at the mercy of what happens or fails to happen. So we have the, while you're here, the practice of as much as possible not naming sense perceptions, but just be the awareness, one practice. Refrain from complaining internally and externally. And another I would add, notice that you're breathing. Breathing is always a very powerful portal into awakening. Just notice that you're breathing as much as possible, no matter where you are. Why is that important? You cannot notice that you're breathing and think at the same time. The Buddha never said, stop thinking. He said, be aware of your breath. That's a cunning way of saying stop thinking, but it's, a, it's an easy approach. So our, there's only one thing that's the essence of this retreat, well, the essence of everything. There's only one secret. It's more, well, it can't be a secret, I'm talking about it. <laughs> and that is the arising of awareness, cessation of thinking, arising of awareness. But then you drift back into thinking. Now, if you are able voluntarily to step out of thinking, that's an enormous achievement. <laughs> it's not, the, the achievement is to stop thinking. The realization is, in itself is not an achievement. People sometimes, I have been asked, what's your greatest achievement in life? And I, I don't have to think when I don't want to think. Is that all? Now, fortunately, I will never have to apply for another job again. <laughs> Not that anybody would, somebody who says, I don't need to think. <laughs> have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. 
Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. You could add, though, if you add, it's, and it would be true, I'm quite good at thinking, but I don't need to think. Maybe then you would get a job, I don't know. <laughs> but the, that is the, the transcendence of compulsive thinking. And only then can thinking become a wonderful tool. But you have to free yourself from your mind and discover who, or one could say, what you are beyond the mind. In some meditations, you ask the, people ask the question, who am I? It's a, some recommend this as a meditation to ask yourself, who am I? But then not look for an answer on the level of concepts. It might even be better to ask yourself, what am I? Because who probably implies that you're still a person. Who is the inquiry after a person? Now what, you might say, well, that what, what would be a thing? Well, it's not a thing, but it's not a person either. What am I? Who or what am I? <laughs> the answer is in the silence after the question. So there's no conceptual answer to the question, who or what am I? So that's all. The, if you, maybe some of you get it completely now, that what the secret is. Uh, now it's only a question of living it. everything changes with that. The way in which you deal with things, with situations changes when you're no longer trapped in the egoic self, it's the reactive mode of the egoic self that amplifies every problem that arises, gets amplified through the reactivity of the egoic self. This is why the world is full of drama continuously in people's personal lives and collectively every re reaction to the, an arising challenge just usually makes it worse. It, you amplify it. And then drama arises, which the ego loves. It loves its drama and talks about it. So the, the way in which you deal with situations changes because you, you no longer oppose reality. You no longer internally and externally oppose the isness of things. You're aligned with what is. That's why this practice of not complaining is also very important, to become aligned with the, the experience of this moment, the way in which you experience this moment. You're aligned with that. Even if it's far too hot in the, during the daytime, it's just so hot. Well, that's your experience of this moment. You don't need to just be with it, you go in the shade or in the air-conditioned environment until nighttime, and then you go out and ah, your experience of this moment, you don't resist 
your experience of this moment. So the way in which you deal with things becomes more effective, but the key word here is what arises is wisdom, which is different from intelligence. Wisdom arises from awareness. Intelligence can be the conceptual mind has been trained to classify, to memorize, to dissect, and to talk about things. This is the intelligence, this thing you, perhaps you can measure in IQ tests, or whatever. But the much more important, a deeper faculty is the wisdom that arises, can only arise in those humans who have become human beings and thereby have accessed the dimension of awareness. That's where wisdom arises. Wisdom doesn't attack one problem, it sees the totality of the situation, and then whatever solution it comes up with will take into account the totality. Intelligence is a focus, it attacks the problem here, this is what we need to do, but it disregards all the things around it that will be affected by whatever action you take. Wisdom always sees the totality of things, and wisdom is inseparable from presence or awareness, it's not conditioned. The world is not going to be saved by humans becoming more knowledgeable, in more information, you know, aren't you drowning in information? <laughs> so it's not, we don't need to become more intelligent. The world is full of intelligent people who are creating havoc. <laughs> they're probably of all university degrees and they're crazy. <laughs> what is needed is the arising of wisdom. It is inseparable from the awakening to who or what you are beyond the person, the conditioned entity, and the, because that is where intuition arises, where insights arise, where creativity arises, all, come from, all from that deeper level. Every creative person has some access to it, usually in a, only in the area of their creativity, they have some access to that transcendent dimension. And usually, most of them in the rest of their lives, they are just as crazy as everybody else and sometimes even more crazy. <laughs> so for any creative thing to arise, you need to have some access, whether you, it doesn't matter what your activity is, whether you're an artist or a musician or even a scientist, to have a creative insight, a really creative insight that comes from a deeper place. It's a realization, you go, ah. That's how Einstein's theory of relativity came to him. Yes, he was thinking, 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 but he also had the ability to be still. He was famous for kind of drifting off into stillness. He already did it as a child. He was always very slow, but there was stillness. Nowadays at schools, they want a quick reaction. The people who say, I know, I know, here, here. What's the, I know the answer. Yeah. And Einstein was not like that. He was always, hmm, well, hmm. Any creative endeavor 
comes from there. So, the important thing, what use this time that you're here, not just the sessions that we are having, but every moment make it part of the retreat practice. Every moment bring awareness into whatever it is that goes on within you and around you. Step out as much as you can out of the habitual mind. Be the alert presence. And when you go to sleep tonight, hopefully you're not going to look at your and then you drift off from there, and then you wake up in the morning and you still have it in your hands. <laughs> and then you, you need to know what's the latest thing that's happened. So when you go to sleep, let go of your devices, lie in bed, breathe, Bring consciousness into the body, which begins with your breath. And then inhabit the body with your consciousness. This is what I call, as you may know, inner body awareness. Takes attention away from thinking. And every cell is filled with life and aliveness. But what you sense, this inner body, is beyond the physical body. It's a good practice of going into sleep without thinking. You, you're going to, and if you wake up in the night, which is problematic for many people because that's where often despair arises and fear arises, anxiety arises. You wake up at three or four in the morning. Oh my God, what am I doing here? What's going to happen to me? What was going to happen when I get home? All that's all and the bad things that happened last months and the last two years that was horrible. <laughs> it's it's all going to end. Are we going to have a nuclear holocaust? It's already happened now. It may happen. But it's not happening right now. <laughs> it's not happening now, okay. And my problematic situation, am I going to get another job? I lost mine. Is that a problem now? Or do I really need to think about this now? Is there anything I can solve now by thinking about it? No, but I can't stop thinking about it. Because you can. Don't believe your mind when it says you cannot stop thinking about it. Just choose to take your attention away from thinking. Become aware of your breathing. Then the inner body, hold your attention in the totality of the inner body. Many years ago, this inner body, I, I liked it so much, I don't recommend it, I'm just saying what I did. Uh, before, in the past, when, when I woke up in bed, the most, the most terrible depressions and feelings of alienation arose whenever I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I could see the, the surrounding room and it all seemed alien to me. It's this horrible feeling, described, by the way, in a not very well-known novel anymore by the famous French philosopher Jean-Paul Sartre. And the novel is called Norsea. 
and it's about how you experience life in an, from an alienated consciousness. Everything is horrible, alien, and that was many years until one night I woke up, I mean, really, uh, <laughs> and then it was so lovely to feel the inner body, which was new to me, to feel the inner body instead of thinking. I wanted to feel it longer, so I had two cups of coffee before going to bed, <laughs> so that I could stay in this beautiful inner body for longer, not to be recommended. <laughs> so this is our first evening, but I have already conveyed to you the secret of life, so if you want to go home, that's okay. <laughs> or we go again into it in tomorrow, which doesn't exist, but we just call it that. <laughs> and so we return to it in the present moment tomorrow. Uh, that's a contradiction. <laughs> But it is true, of course, that tomorrow does not exist, that future does not exist, obviously. It, it only exists as thought in your mind. If it existed, you would have experienced it at some point. But nobody has ever experienced the future because it becomes the present. It's, it's a mental protection, necessary for, for our practical purposes, but ultimately illusory. There's only the present moment, there's only this ever, only this, only this, only this, oh. That's not so bad. <laughs> if this is only this, I thought the whole, there was so much, what, there's all that stuff. No, but there's only this, there only ever was this, only ever will be this. And usually this is not problematic. Occasionally an emergency may happen, yes, but it's not a, an emergency is not a problem. If it's an emergency, you, you do something, you deal with it. But life is not as heavy when you, when you are present, you realize it's actually not that bad at all. Because it's this moment. Wow. And then what, there's a book, I think it's a novel called The, the Unbearable Lightness of Being. <laughs> so so the, it's only unbearable to the ego, but so the lightness of being suddenly is there. You can enjoy life without the heaviness of being just a person, the, the heaviness of this personality, this, the burden of yourself. You can enjoy life Without that, that's the secret. The rest, now of course, is it needs to be lived. And before we finish, just one more thing. <laughs> it seems that life is full of obstacles to this realization. Life is full of hindrances and limitations that suddenly arise problems of one kind or another, losses, 
difficult people. That's one of the worst. They're everywhere, they're everywhere. <laughs> difficult. <laughs> and this, it seems that life is kind of sabotaging. It seems some people have this feeling that li life is attempting to sabotage your life, or God, maybe God isn't doing it. And you feel, if, if only life left me alone and I could really practice. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> but the thing is, you need the obstacles because without them, consciousness would not awaken. It awakens through that which seems to prevent its awakening. <laughs> a sudden loss, an accident, an illness, a breakup, mental problems, whatever it may be, pandemic. Why is life doing this to me? Consciousness evolves when confronted with difficulties. Even the simple thing of wanting a stronger body, you need to practice weightlifting and jogging, etc., which is very difficult for the body. I haven't done this in a long time. <laughs> you might have guessed, but <laughs> weightlifting is hard. What are you doing to your body? You're making life difficult for your body. Yes. But it's only when life gets difficult for the body there is a, an influx of energy on a physical, that kind of energy, different vibrational frequencies, not necessarily consciousness itself, well, consciousness in a lower vibrational frequency, which is physical energy. The body cries out, says, I need more. And then suddenly energy comes, muscles develop. And suddenly you feel what before was hard and difficult is now wonderful. But life had to become difficult first for the body. If you had stayed on the this, on this sofa watching Netflix <laughs> with a beer, <laughs> nothing would have happened. The body would not have become stronger, but it would have been your comfort zone. Great. So if little things, this is a final thought for tonight, if, if little things here take you out of your comfort zone, Welcome them, welcome them. They're all important. But know the difference between little thing that arises externally and other things arise only internally. So often your mind takes you out of your comfort zone, but there's nothing much happening, but it's thinking that something might be happening. <laughs> so be the awareness, know what's going on in your mind and in your emotional field. What else could be the purpose of your life but this, this evolution, this awakening? People are looking for their life purpose. This is it. <laughs> Everything else is secondary, what you do, but how conscious are you in the doing? That's the question. Doesn't so matter so much what you do, how conscious are you while you do what you do? It's only this matters. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing the presence. <laughs> I'm Oprah Winfrey, 
And you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.